Um, today we're going to be talking about the sovereignty of God and really about uh, talking about Jesus, okay? And I, which I think is very, very uh, relevant in the world, both now and always. I, I always, I'm always reluctant to say, oh, the times that we're in right now, you know, like they're the worst times ever. And they're not really. I mean, this is the time, it's the worst now for us because this is the times that we're in, you know? But if you read the Old Testament, or you read the New Testament, like it was crazy then as well. But this is the time that we're in. So what do we do with the time that we are in right now that God has put us on this earth for? So let's look in Acts chapter four. I'm going to read 31 verses straight today, all right? That's a little bit different than we normally do, but buckle up. We're going to read scripture in church, okay? We ready for this, y'all? It's a great story. So open your Bible if you have it. Turn on, uh, you know, tap the U version or Bible app that you have on your phone if you do that. By the way, I encourage you to bring your Bible to church. It's so good to bring it so you can highlight and make your own notes in it. Um, I think that's the, the way to go. Phones are great. Bibles are better. Um, Acts chapter 4, starting in verse 1. So the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Anas the high priest was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel... It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin, and they conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him. You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. 
Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided before should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. All right, so Peter and John, disciples of Jesus, are preaching the gospel. They're talking about Jesus. They're healing people. And the powers that be, they don't like it. Peter and John are facing opposition, right? They're facing opposition to the point where they are actually arrested and put in jail overnight, all right? And so, in, in, in that happening, what is their response? That's what I really want to talk about today. When we are facing opposition, what is our response? It's very important to understand this, because what we need to understand, first of all, is that there is, th- these people, they weren't anti-Peter and John. That's, that's what I want to understand first. The, the rulers and, and all these guys that are throwing Jesus in jail, they're not anti-Peter. Peter and John. They are anti-Jesus, okay? They're anti-Jesus. But a lot of times when we face opposition, we think it's anti-James. And so I respond in the way James would respond if it was about me. Instead of remembering that the opposition that I face isn't about me, it's about Jesus. And so how would Jesus respond when facing opposition? And I think all of us, the best thing that we can do in that moment where we want to come out of our own self and respond in our own way is to, is to take a deep breath first, right? And remember, this ain't about me. And it's about Jesus. And here's why that is important. One, so that we don't overreact in a way that is not of God, but also to remember that ain't no opposition can beat Jesus, all right? So if the opposition is against Jesus, then we don't need to be afraid, right? We don't need to get angry. We need to remember that Jesus has already won. And, and when we remember that, then we understand how to truly respond. And we see that very well here from Peter and from John. All right, it says in verse 8, going back to the story, it says, Peter, this is important, y'all, filled with the Holy Spirit, all right? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Goes on to say it is in the name of Jesus that this man is saved. So Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit, and his response to the opposition is this. He starts talking about Jesus. He starts sharing the gospel. That's what he starts doing. Filled with the Holy Spirit, he begins preaching to his opposition and saying, look, there's no other name given to mankind where we can be saved. He is the cornerstone. Jesus is everything. Jesus is everything. That's, that is the response that they give. And here's, here's what's crazy, y'all. Here's what's crazy. Their answer to that, when Peter goes on and, and gives this sermon to the opposition, their response to that, they say, well, y'all need to leave. Let us, let us huddle. So they kick Peter and John out, and they go, right, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Like, there's this guy that's healed. No one can deny it. All right? He's healed. People are talking about it. We got to do something. What can we do? I know. Let's tell them they can't talk about Jesus anymore. Right? That is their grand idea. It's like, that's a good idea. Let's call them back into the room. All right, guys. We, we've huddled. Uh, and and, and this, is, this, is, this is what we're telling you you can't do anymore. Don't talk about Jesus. Like, that's it. That's the grand scheme. But here, here's what's crazy about that, y'all. Here's what's crazy about that. That is still, to this day, 
as we're sitting in this room right now, that is still the plan of the enemy towards us. Just don't talk about Jesus. Do, do, you can talk about anything else, right? Talk about news, talk about politics, talk about the world, talk about homosexuality and trans this or whatever in sports and food and movies. Talk about whatever you want. Just don't talk about Jesus. You're going to offend people. You're going to isolate people. You're, you're, you're going to be the target, right? All this stuff, just whatever you do, the, the world can't handle that, right? Just talk, be friends with them first. Go do whatever it might be. Just don't talk about Jesus. Why? Why? Because the devil knows if we don't talk about Jesus, he wins. Talk about whatever else you want. Whatever else you want. But Peter and John, when faced with opposition, right there, thrown in jail, the next day, what do they do? They talk about Jesus. They don't get angry. They don't debate. They say, this is it. There's no gray area here. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is how you are saved. Jesus is it. And they say, even to the point where, listen, I can't talk about anything else. I can't talk about, you're telling me not to talk about it. That's all I can talk about. What else is there? They're so fired up. They're so filled with the Holy Spirit. They've seen all these miracles. What else could they possibly talk about? Like you wanted me to talk about like the meal I had last night? There's a dude that was lame that is now walking. Are you serious? <laughs> filled with the Holy Spirit. And y'all, I want to say this morning, we've got to start talking about Jesus in the workplace, in our homes, to our children, wherever we are, wherever we are, whatever we are doing, talk about Jesus. Talk about him. Tell people what he's done in your life. Tell them what he's done in other people's life. And if they come at you, remember, they're not anti-you. They're being anti-Jesus. And maybe it's rubbing them a little wrong in the moment because of whatever, fill in the blank. Keep at it. Peter and John were just let out of jail by these people that morning. They're still talking about Jesus. They're still talking about him. It says that when the opposition saw their courage, they were astonished. And they couldn't deny the miracle that was before them. I want, I want the world to be astonished by the church. By the church. Like, wow. Why are y'all so bold? Y'all are so courageous. Do you, do you see what's going on in this world? Yeah, I see. Can I tell you about Jesus? They're astonished by them. And the enemy loves to tell us the opposite. Oh, they're going to be put off by you. They're going to not like you. But it says here, they were astonished. Their opposition was astonished by how brave these guys were talking about Jesus to them. And they couldn't deny what was going on. Rendered them speechless. We talked this week in our community group about this very subject. You guys didn't know what, what I was going to be preaching on. I wasn't even leading the group. And the conversation just went to this about just talking to Jesus. And we got we to do that more. On a side note, join a community group if you haven't. If you haven't, do it. There's no starting and stopping point. Just jump in. Just jump in. You'll be welcome. Call us if you want, if you want answers on how to do that. We'll talk to you this week about it. What I love about this story is after they're done talking to the Sanhedrin, they leave, and then it says that they go back to their people, which I translate in my own way as they went back to their church, right? They went back to their church, their church family. They told them everything that had happened. And their response then is what? To pray. 
So we're going to pray. And here's what they pray. They pray, I'm going to just kind of talk about the first two words. They pray, Sovereign Lord. They begin their, pray, their prayer, Sovereign Lord. Sovereign, that word sovereign or sovereignty means supreme power or authority. Supreme power or authority. So they're saying, yeah, we face this opposition. We got thrown in jail, but let's go, let's go pray to the supreme power and authority right now. Why don't we do that? Let's not try and figure this out in our own power because we don't have supreme power. I don't have supreme power. I am not the supreme authority, but we know who is. So they go back to their church and they pray those first two words, sovereign Lord. I wonder what our prayer life would look like if we all, all of us in here, began our prayers, sovereign Lord, sovereign Father, sovereign God. I, did, I read through uh, Ezekiel this uh, few months ago. It took a while. I, fi- I should say I finished it like a month ago um, just because I, I didn't have this, like, I just never read it before. I was like, I'm going to check this out. And I uh, didn't really know what I was getting into. Um, I don't know if y'all have ever seen those videos where someone tries to do a cannonball into a frozen pool and they just bounce off the ice. That was kind of like me getting into Ezekiel. You know, I thought I could break the ice and I just bounced off. I basically just hit the surface, you know. That was a weird analogy, but I thought it was clever. Uh, roll with it if you want. Um, but I began, as I began reading it, what continued to stand out to me, and again, it's on a very surface, uh, you know, study, was every time Ezekiel prays, prays sovereign Lord, Every single time, every time that God is mentioned, it's sovereign God, sovereign Lord. And, and I lost count, and I, I should have gone back and counted because I started to highlight it over and over every time I saw sovereign Lord in, in, in the book of Ezekiel. And, and several times after he prayed sovereign Lord, at the end, when God's talking to him, giving him these visions and, and these words to say, God ends it with saying, and they will know that I am the Lord. That is, that is the Lord's response as sovereign God. They will know that I am the Lord. One way or another, whether they bow their knee because they want to to receive me or they bow their knee out of submission because of my authority, everyone will know that I am the Lord. So y'all, we don't got to worry about it. All right, we don't have to worry about it. We don't have to worry about if God is sovereign or not. He is. He is the supreme power and authority. He is. That is his nature. That is God. So we don't have to fight that battle. Okay? I I want us all to hear that. That's not our job. All right? It's already done. Our job is to talk about Jesus. Our job, when faced with opposition, is to talk about Jesus. That's it. That's what we do. We talk about Jesus. We want, to see, we want to see the church grow. We want to see people get saved. We need to stop thinking that it's about me and you and talk about Jesus. One reason we do this, the only reason, well, we do this to get people saved. We do it because there's no argument that can stand against Jesus' power. Nothing. Nothing. If he's sovereign, nothing can stand against his power. And I know that we are, we are living in, you know, uncertain times, whatever you want to call it. The world is crazy all over the place, all over the place. 
And we can, we can ask questions. We, we can look to this or that or the other. But if we just fix our eyes on Jesus, he will navigate. He will navigate our path and our life through all of this. We just fix our eyes on him. If we seek first the kingdom, we talk about Jesus. We don't get sidetracked. Don't get distracted. And all of a sudden find ourselves going, oh, wait, I just, you know, went down this path. And the devil won. Because I'm not talking about Jesus anymore. I'm talking about this, that, and the other. Remember, when we stop talking about Jesus, the enemy wins. But if we talk about Jesus, he doesn't stand a chance. Job chapter 42, starting in verse 1, says, Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. God has a plan, y'all. We need to release ourselves of trying to figure it out or making the plan our own. Job has been going back and forth with God, and he's, if you're not familiar with the story of Job, everything is taken from him in the first chapter like that. Boom, boom, boom. He's a, someone comes into his tent, says, hey, by the way, all of your stock, all your livestock, it's all gone. And, it's, and the Bible says, while they were still speaking, someone else would come in. Oh, and this happened. Oh, and while they were still speaking, someone else came in. It was like just, just blow after blow. And the, the book of Job is just this process of Job understanding God's sovereignty. You know, if you, if you, want, if you want on your own study, read Job 38. And, and it, God answers Job in a very real way about his power and his authority and his sovereignty over this world. And it finally gets to the end, and, and Job says those words, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. If God has his mind set on something, if God has his mind set on something, no one or no thing can divert it. It's done. Why? Because he's sovereign. He is supreme power and authority. And I think the ultimate hubris is the enemy thinking that they can thwart God's plans. No, we can. We can. No, we can't. No, we can't. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. I'm going to read that again. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. That's it. Man can have all sorts of ideas and understandings, and, and I'm going to do this, that, and the other. God's like, look, you can try, but my way prevails. My plan prevails. Nothing can thwart my plan. I am the supreme power and authority. So with that understanding, we are free, church. We are free. We don't have to worry about it. Instead, we get filled with the Holy Spirit and we talk about Jesus. We, 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 uh, we read these verses. I'm not trying to plug our community group, but it just so happens that this is what we were talking about this week. Um, but out of John chapter 3, starting in verse 1, it says, Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Now, that's a weird answer to what Nicodemus is getting at with Jesus. It doesn't flow in the, in the conversation. Nicodemus is like, hey, we know you're from God. Like, you're doing miracles. Like, we, we see that. Like, you're, 
God, you're sent from God. And Jesus goes, you can't get to heaven unless you're born again. Like, what? <laughs> what? Hey, that's not what I was talking about that at all. But Jesus saw the heart. He's like, let's, let's just, let's stop beating around the bush here. But let's get to what you're really after. You really want to, you, you want to know who I am. You want to know what this is all about. And it's greater than the miracles that you've seen. So let's just get right to it. You can't get to heaven unless you are born again. Now, Nicodemus is a Pharisee, and the Jews understood then, their understanding was that if you were born Jewish, that when your birthright was heaven, God's chosen people. But Jesus is telling him, no, 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 you got to be born again. Your human birthright ain't enough. You can't just be this nationality. you got to be born again to be a true citizen of heaven. And how you are born again is through me. Jesus Christ. Just like what Peter and John said in St. Peter in Acts chapter 4. There's only one name. And I bring up that story in, in John 3 because of how awkward the answer is that Jesus gives. He didn't wait for this awesome segue to happen. We sit down with someone and just pray, Lord, let there be this opening this supernatural moment. And sometimes that happens, which is great. But what I love about Jesus here and in several other accounts of him in the Gospels is he doesn't wait for the segue. He doesn't wait for the natural opening. He just says, I'm going through the door now. If you're talking to me and I have the answer to what you need, I'm not going to wait for you to ask about it. I'm just going to tell you. I'm going to talk about Jesus right now. Whether it's about the Jags game Thursday night, the Blue Angels yesterday and today, I'm talking about Jesus. It doesn't matter, y'all. We gotta, we gotta let go of the segues and the natural moments and make the moment happen. And just start talking about Jesus. If we do that, if we do that as the church, the church will explode. The church will explode. And as we do that, we pray sovereign. whatever you're walking through today as you're sitting here in church what are you walking through today that you need to pray over yourself over your family over your marriage over your kids whatever it might be sovereign Lord alright sovereign Lord you are full power and authority here I am sovereign sovereign Lord sovereign
mad at the enemy. And so she came. She spent the weekend with our ladies of our church. And this morning, they are praying over her down there. So I said, Valerie, will you ask her if we can pray for her here as well? And Corey said, yes. So we're going to do that as we close. And I'm going to pray over a few other things as well. So why don't we stand up? Let's uh, let's hold hands with the person next to you if he feels comfortable to do that. If you're sick, just give him a pound. Say next time, brother. Sovereign Lord, we call on your name, Jesus. The name that is above all names. The name where in heaven and earth and under the earth will bow. Jesus, Son of God, who came like us, vulnerable, weak, who lived a perfect life, who died a brutal death, who were raised again by the power of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus we call on right now. And in the name of Jesus, there's healing power. We sang about earlier as well. no power, no authority. Sovereign God, you are power. You are authority. And you speak to disease and tell disease what to do. So in the name of Jesus, we speak healing over her body. You would rid her body of every cancerous cell in Jesus' name, and she would be made whole. Father, we lift up Courtney and Jeremy, and we pray peace over their mind, over their thoughts, Lord, over their family, over their boys. God, that they wouldn't walk in fear for one second. But all this would do would draw them closer to you, would elevate their platform to talk about you, that you would increase that mantle of authority that you've placed on both of them in Jesus' name to speak your word. And what the enemy means for evil, you are going to use not just for good, but for great. That, that people are going to get saved through this, that people are going to get healed through this, Father. That you are going to use Courtney's testimony through this as, as a light to other people that will come running to the altar, and they will get healed as well. And those that don't believe in you will see the healing, and they won't be able to deny it. Just like we read in Acts 4, Father. And that the name of Jesus is going to be spoken over and over again because of the healing that you do in Courtney. Thank you, Jesus, for healing her, God. We stand in agreement with the missionaries who prayed with her last week, with our ladies who are praying for her this morning. We stand in agreement. We lock arms as one voice, crying out to our Father, our sovereign God, be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you for that, Lord. Father, we pray right now for all of us in here that need sovereign God in our lives, need that supreme power and authority to rule over whatever we are walking through, God whether it's grief, Lord, whether it's a marriage, Father, whether it's our children, whether it's our health, whatever it might be, God, the list can go on and on. God, whether it's addiction, Father, our finances, Lord Jesus, whatever it might be, in Jesus' name, we we cry out, sovereign God, Holy Spirit, invade those things, bring life, bring freedom, bring healing, bring wholeness, bring reconciliation. Father, for the prodigals, we, pro- we call them home, Jesus. God, for those that need a miracle, we pray a miracle over them, sovereign God. Thank you, Lord. 
Lord, I pray for all of us in here, myself in the front of the line, that we would speak Jesus everywhere we can. Everywhere we can, Lord. Open our eyes. Open our ears. Let us not wait for the opportunity to present itself, but let's be like Jesus in John 3 and just make the conversation happen. God, forgive us when we've dropped the ball. I know I have. When we, it's like we felt like we were supposed to, we just didn't because we were afraid or didn't think we had all the answers. Sovereign God. have a testimony like Peter and John were saying. That's all we can talk about. That as we begin to have those, those conversations, that we're going to see miracles happen. And it's going to become addicting to talk about you. Thank you for that. Be with us in those moments. Give us courage. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Give us the courage to take that step. touch on this before I dismiss. Last thought. The, the rulers and the elders said that when they looked at Peter and, and John, they said they saw that they were unschooled, ordinary men. We don't have to have all the answers. Right? We, don't have to, we don't have to be a Bible scholar. What we, what we need is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And after that, the Holy Spirit fills our mouths with every, everything that we need. So don't think for a second that you don't have the knowledge or understanding to talk about Jesus. You have the Holy Spirit. It's all you need. So go about it this week. I challenge all of us in here. Let's talk about Jesus with someone this week. Some people this week. Look for that opportunity and make it happen. It's there. All right? I love y'all. You can be dismissed. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you here next week as we begin our Holy Spirit series. It's going to be epic. All right? Love y'all.